But I thought I thought that the like wizard that created them had to have a copy of it so that he could control it. I thought you wore <clears throat> them on your head. I I, well, but golems are a real thing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 121 of Video Games Hot Dog, a tasteless podcast about tasteless video games. Um, So a a funny thing happened on the way to the recording tonight. Okay. It's going to be funny to everybody except Kevin. Uh, We began to discuss a computer science uh, term (laughs) that I was unfamiliar with, and that term is Endian, E-N-D-I-A-N, and... uh, because to Kevin, that is the same word as, uh, you know, either the people that we subjugated and kicked out of this land when we got here or uh, the, the sort of people in... Uh, in uh, you mean the native San Franciscans? Huh. Yeah, the native okay. San Franciscans. Or the people that the, the British occupied for a really long time in, in India. Um, and because I was unfamiliar with the term Indian, I thought that Kevin was describing some computer science concept that involved either a big Indian or a little Indian. <laughs> uh, and so, I thought MIT is full of racists. <clears throat> yeah. I've, uh, I've so, heard sorry. this term, but I don't know what it means. I guess it's where you start storing a binary. Yeah. Uh, okay. byte, byte storage. Byte, yeah, byte. Mm-hmm. One way you store it with a red dot on it, and the other right. way you store it with a feather. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, MIT, man. What would be... Uh, so if... If this wasn't a uh, a binary encoding issue, what would be uh, the big Indian? What would be the little Indian in real life? Would big Indian be like India? I think they're both little big man. If Dustin Hoffman is to be believed, dances with dances with Indians. Dances that was, with that numbers. was much later, and it was not Dustin Hoffman. I don't know, unless they have some weird like being John Malkovich style soul swap going on. Or Dustin Hoffman and Kevin Costner are actually the same person. Yeah, I think they probably are. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I've I've never seen them in the same movie. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. How how you guys been? Been all right. I'm. Um, I think I'm mostly over that sort of lingering cold. Although occasionally I still have a cough. Um, it's a. I I think I think I have just permanently screwed myself up. I think the, that, like, college bronchitis that I never treated is just going to mean that, like, every time I get a cold from now on, it's just going to be, like, a two-week affair. Mm. You need to stop, stop licking the poles on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some habits just die harder. Yeah, I mean, at MIT, the poles on the bus are so saturated with nutrients, <laughs> so it's a way of eating on the go. <clears throat> the poles is- are actually just very tall uh, Anna's Taqueria burritos. Yeah. Oh God! There's a, a public burrito. There's a nerd. Oh. Uh, there's a nerd joke punchline, which is about uh, poles in the right half plane. Um, but I don't, I don't even remember all of the like physics details that make that a funny thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even gonna bother trying to tell the joke or uh, explaining it. Well, somebody listening knows. Yeah, it. they'll go ha ha ha. They'll chuckle to themselves. Yeah, they will. Oh, that old saw. <laughs> Um, man, you know, I would joke about the, the, the strange uh, skull and bones style fellowships that, that come out of East Coast colleges if it wasn't horrifyingly true <laughs> in my immediate experience as, as a buddy of yours. Uh, man. Yeah, I mean, that drill. You just invoked 
you invoked a secret society that then just gave you a drill yep. for an afternoon. Yep. It was weird. It was weird. I was like, hey, I need a drill. And, and I just set it out into the ether. And then it, and I was... Uh, he whispered wow. it to a moth. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to do a secret handshake? Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Hmm. I would have taken a really long time to get down from the top of uh, Saruman's tower using just a drill. Right? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. The, point, the drill was just an excuse. What I wanted was the eagle. Like, they left too fast. It's like, fuck. I guess now uh, I gotta hope that I can get all the way to the bottom of Isengard, just grinding on it one away charge. one drill bit at a time on one charge. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. luck with that. Well, I mean, he could probably make lightning. Okay, so if you were a wizard that could yeah. make lightning appear, do you think that you would have any problem with like cell phone batteries running out, or do you think that you'd be able to like huh. recharge your phone without destroying it? We we talked about this a little bit. Like in a world with uh, abundant magic, are why aren't like ships just powered by wizards casting fireballs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd, like it seems like you could just. Uh, your you'd house need some kind fireballs. of converter. You'd need like a a metal bucket with some wires coming off of it or something. <laughs> some sort of heat sink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get like a, well, I don't know. You get one of those lightning generators. I mean, before before they discovered coal, all of our electricity, like the whole grid in the U.S., just was connected to a bunch of really tall flagpoles. Yeah, yeah, and kites with um, keys hanging off of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't just it wasn't just like factories full of ladies rubbing glass rods with swatches of <laughs> yes. fur, petting, petting <laughs> cats, yeah. walking around on carpets. <laughs> their rubbing balloons on backs of cats. Yeah, it was pretty good. We went through a lot of cats during that period of history. It was. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing, and that's why you don't hear about it much now. Well, I mean, that's why there's so many strays now. Oh, okay, yeah. A lot of escapees. Yep. A lot of refugees from the old electricity factories. <laughs> hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I, I really have done very little besides uh, work and playing video games and, uh, and uh, laying in bed. That has been my story, too, <clears throat> but with less laying in bed. I <laughs> guess... Uh, what's there? I did... I played... Um, there's a, that book called Puzzle Craft, which is by Mike Selinker and, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, is that so, is that any people in common with Maze of Games? Yeah, it's the same yes. Mike. Same. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, in fact, I heard about it because of that that Kickstarter. Um, and you know, for it's like ten dollars, and it is both extremely informative if you're planning on making puzzles, and also a really pretty good value. Like just book full of puzzles. Yeah. Um, is there an overarching meta puzzle in uh, that book? There is. There's but it's a not little like bit of one. Yeah. Not not the way you're thinking really. Mm. Yeah. It's more along the lines of like uh, different kinds of crosswords and sudokus and things like that than than uh, MIT style puzzles. No, I, I have but, I have a copy of it. I, was oh, just, okay. I, I know I know what the individual puzzles are. I just was curious. There about is not that. a hidden meta puzzle. Okay. That I'm aware of. I mean, there might be a really. I mean, well I guess there's an one. answer key in the back, so there is. Yeah, but yeah. are all the answers in that answer key wrong, and the ways in which they're wrong? <laughs> are back to secret hidden. Oh, that would puzzle? be cool. Be oh, that would be pretty cool. They must have done that. What wrong? They answers? must have used that trope in an MIT mystery hunt at some point, right? They don't really tend to give out answers, so I don't know. Well, but I mean, that's. I remember. I do remember there was a puzzle that had a bunch of, uh, you know, those style puzzles like Picrosses and things like that, and they were all unsolvable and the key to the puzzle was figuring out the changes you would have to make to them to make them solvable. Yeah. That is, that's so 
brutal. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where I'm just like, are there any video game puzzles <laughs> or a puzzle? Every once in a while, there'd be like a puzzle about jokes, right? Yeah, there was that puzzle about KOL that one time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that, that was that was cool. That was cool because we were able to solve it and then render it unsolvable for everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's a really great book. Uh, for a long time, I've been like, whenever I get into a puzzle creating mood, I get stuck on like wanting to construct a a Nurikabe or something like that and just having no idea how to go about doing it. And this is the first book I've seen that had really clear like tips and instructions on how to create those kinds of puzzles. Yeah. I, I find myself wanting to generally make puzzles that don't conform to any established types. So I, I mean, I read through a lot of it um, for some sort of inspirational ideas, but mm. it, the specific instructions were not necessarily particularly useful to me. The things about the more generalized ones, which I've only read the first, like, I don't know, 15 pages of this <clears> book, but the just sort of like, you know, tips for making a trivia contest or whatever. Right. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's fairly well thought out, like, just, you know, kind of a treatise on knowing something that the person that you're trying to entertain doesn't know right. and how, how to do that, which is, you know, it has a lot in common with video game design. Yeah, there was a, there was a, I don't know if it was a trivia question or if it was just one of the like crossword clues or whatever it was like, oh, I think it was like the theme to a crossword was the last names of, of the Scooby-Doo gang. Mm. Like that was the long clues or whatever in all of them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that they all had last, yeah, like I didn't canonical know, last they names. they had canonical last names either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fred I Durst. Know that they're, they're yeah. all Durst. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Durst, Velma Durst, Daphne Durst. <laughs> Daphne Durst is a good name. Uh, yeah. Durst. Daphne Durst. Wow, that would be oh, that would be the worst name to have. Daphne Durst. Why? Oh, I don't know. It sounds horrible. Daphne Durst. Daphne Durst. It sounds, it sounds, sounds like uh, it sounds like a lunch lady. Mm, a cool lunch lady with a lot of tattoos. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, did you ever really watch Scooby-Doo? When you say really watch, like, I mean, I, I, I was a devotee of Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. For I a mean, long time. I watched and a lot of Scooby-Doo, but yeah. not after the age at which I was able to like, I don't know, evaluate it critically or anything like that. Well, yeah. I mean, so I feel like I, I encountered enough of it to become familiar with the tropes. I mean, to, to I feel like that was almost one of the first things that was formulaic enough that mm. I sort of discovered the concept of being formulaic. Yeah. But I, it wasn't on Saturday morning cartoons where I was. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah, it was just never, it was, a, it was always a like, maybe it was on during weekdays. So it's like I would occasionally run into it in the summer time if mm. I was at a place that had television uh, during the week. But it, like, I was I saw probably thirty times as much Bullwinkle as right. I did Scooby Doo, just because of the vagaries of the programming of the three channels we got where I was growing up. That and the that and Transor Z and uh, the Wheeled Warriors cartoon for a while, <laughs> which I think only ran for like one season. Uh, I still have never uh, satisfied my curiosity about whether the the previously and the next time on Rocky and Bullwinkle was 
oh, made actually up had or, anything to do with anything. Yeah. Um, like, or was that just another piece of original content? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not sure, right? Cause, because you never saw it in the right order exactly. because yeah. of syndication. I've got some DVDs. I got, I got like a DVD box set of Rocky and Bullwinkle for last Christmas that I haven't really explored yet. I guess we can answer it, that question. Is it comprehensive? Is it, is it every... I don't know if it's every season or not. Huh. I never really understood whether... Because my dad always described Rocky and Bullwinkle as a show for stoners. I did, huh. At the time, I didn't really understand what that meant. And now I can't really ask him, and I still don't understand what it meant. Like, I haven't seen it, it recently enough to have an idea. Like, I'm sure that it was a show that was entertaining to stoners, but was it intended to be entertaining to stoners, or mm. was it just a show for kids I thought it that was, was made by stoners? I thought there were enough jokes... I mean... As a kid, I, th- I remember being like, this isn't funny, so maybe this is funny to adults, right? I like, also thought like, maybe this would have been funny to a kid 25 years ago. Oh. Yeah. Uh, huh. Was it that old? It was from the 60s, I think. Wow. Really? Maybe not. You know, I don't have a sense. I, I, didn't, <clears throat> I don't know whether it was just sort of designed to look older or whether it actually was older. <clears throat> I guess we will ask the internet and find yeah. out. Yeah, we will. 59 to 64. Yeah, so that's that is old. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I guess it was only. I mean, it was 25 years old when we were like 10. Wow. Right. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been out when my dad was like early teens or early preteens. Yeah, so, I mean, that was my my dad was nine to 14 when it aired the first time, and I guess so. I guess when he was 18, it would have been airing in reruns. When he was 18 in 1968, where everything was for stoners because he and everyone he knew was a stoner. Okay, but I guess that was my question. Yeah, Just, does that's that what he associated it with? Or do you think that when it was originally created, it was like, oh, let's make a cartoon for stoners to watch? I remember him telling me, and in retrospect, the reason that this was so mind-blowing to him at the time was, I'm sure, because he was super high when he and all of his super high buddies went to see 2001 in the theater mm. in Champaign-Urbana, where they were in college, and then they got to the point where Hal announced having been manufactured like a block away from the theater that they were sitting <laughs> oh, at, and they were all like, whoa. <laughs> so that seems pretty great. Huh. Um, yeah. Do you think they would just, w- we're just, I'm just going to wait around until that job becomes available? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I think it was like, did they make a different version of for this every, movie yeah. for every city? <laughs> like, oh, it's like Clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also never, I have never actually seen the Clue movie all the way through because, because, and I feel like we've talked about this on a podcast before. Do you ever get those horrible sleepless nights where you are obsessively running over some like intractable problem in your head? Just like, mm-hmm. uh, I think... This might be a thing that some people refer to as like anxiety dreams, but it's like every once in a while it'll just be like, oh, can't sleep. I'm all sweaty and I just can't fucking get these goddamn Tetris pieces to fit together. Right. And like, <laughs> you know, you can know intellectually, you can like get up and go and look at yourself in the mirror and say, dipshit, di- you're not playing Tetris. What the fuck? <laughs> just go to sleep. But it doesn't matter. You lay back down and you close your eyes and you're still trying to get the fucking Tetris pieces to fit together. Just like solving a problem that doesn't make any sense. I had a night like that when I was a kid. One of the first times that ever happened to me was after falling asleep watching the movie Clue. And so I just, I now associate Clue and then Dr. Mario with just horrible anxiety that I don't ever want. And I've heard that Clue is a good movie. Or I've heard that it's at least worth 
it is interesting in its structure and worth watching. You know, yeah, the fact that there's like all these like digital theaters now, I, I wonder if any Hollywood studio is going to take advantage of the fact mm. that they could potentially make customized versions of movies for each individual city. You know, like it would not be that much um, <clears throat> additional money, right? And it would be crazy awesome to have. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what the duplication infrastructure is like, right? I mean, what? So eventually, if you get to the point where it's like there is just a function on the projector yeah. computer that just like simulate giant robot fight, and you just like <laughs> seed the RNG differently depending on the zip code of the city <laughs> that it's in, so everybody gets a different formulaic giant robot fight. Right. Or the villain um, is from insert town here. <laughs> yeah. I, I have not seen a movie in the theater since we got. To, I have not been to a movie since we got to San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. I think the last I one like, I saw I was uh, Pacific Rim. I never did make it to see that. I could have gone to see Jaws at the Castro Theater. True. Riff showed us a picture uh, yesterday of a shark <laughs> inside another shark. Was it like a Russian nesting shark? Yeah, it was. I think kind it was of. just a shark that ate another shark and then got caught. But uh, <laughs> Like it got caught by the shark police? <laughs> um, do, yeah. <laughs> they, they really frown on cannibalism. It's like... <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, the, them being solitary hunters, though, makes solitary confinement a lot less of a threat. Right. That's true. Um, do you remember when we were on uh, that boat at the Maritime Museum in San Diego and there was a model of the boat inside the boat? And I <laughs> joked that I wanted to go to the gift shop and buy a souvenir right. model of the boat so that I could put it in the boat in the boat. I'd and then I get a poster that. of exhibit saying, yo, dog, I heard you like boats. Right. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good meta joke. Yeah. I think that's probably just a regular joke. <clears throat> Have you guys been playing any video games? Well, uh, I played the uh, I played the one v- big video game that came out this past week. I played Gone Home. Is that the one big video game that came out this week? Well, it's the one that I'm aware of and that everyone is talking about. I, 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 there have probably been others. <laughs> Saints Row 4 also came Saints out. Saints Row 4 came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah Saints Row 4 came out. Okay. I'm not going to be playing that for a while, though. I spent, uh, I spent a long time saying about everything that I had to say about Gone Home on a... Uh, on an episode of uh, he, he cheated on this podcast. I went on. I went on to. A, I went on to a bonus episode of uh, Cole, Cole Ross's The Level podcast, which should be on in a few days. Um, so yeah, just what you what what I'll do is I will wait and I won't publish this until that comes out, and then abruptly the lineup for Video Games Hot Dog will switch to me, Bob Mackie, Cole Ross, and Gary Butterfield. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> nice. I can I can kind of tune Gary's voice up really high so he sounds like you, Riff. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. And I can auto-tune Bob Mackie so that all of his ez sound like is. Uh, I thought you said so all his jokes are just stupid. <laughs> that too. I wasn't going to say that. I, I'm not allowed to deprecate you. You just have to deprecate yourself. <laughs> Stop deprecating yourself, Kevin. Um, what do you what what do you guys uh what do you think of down home down home? Down down home. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh I thought it was down home cooking. Yeah, it's like you you show up to the barn dance and there ain't nobody there. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Riff, did you find did you find Mitten's journal? Did did I find what? Mitten's journal? No, was that an audio journal or a 
an audio journal. Okay. Yes. I was playing with the audio journals and the map turned off. Wait, what? Yeah. I wish that I had played with the map turned off. Wait, wh- why would you want either of those things? Because I wanted it to be as realistic a wandering around someone's house simulation as possible. So, uh, so you didn't have any, you didn't have any of the uh, the diary entries playing. No, uh, I got I, I got the entire story out of all the other notes and tidbits and scraps of paper that you find. I, wow. I found it still I like pretty just, satisfying. You, I figured. You I just figured what all the emotion. You turned off all the emotion. Yeah, you, the you basically <laughs> no, played, totally not. Though you play, you did not play the game that they set out to make because mm-hmm. it's well, the, the, I the, pr- they, the primary uh, they like, offered that option structure. right there, so it's yeah, it's not no, like they I did. exploited they, we it. Spent, we spend a lot of time. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil our jokes. From <laughs> see, this is this sucks. This is why I shouldn't do. I, I shouldn't do any more podcasts. That's right. You went and cuckold as doing so. enough. Uh, yeah, do enough. Podcasts. But yeah, no, I, I figured the uh, I figured I'll Spoilers go back and play it again probably. with the audio diaries, and then it'll be like a okay. like a director's cut version. So I think what I would like to do is wait a year and then play it with all the doors unlocked and the audio off. All the doors unlocked. Yeah, you can start it with all the doors unlocked. You can get rid of all of the even marginal video game mm-hmm. trappings. Wow! I don't know. I, if, that as I don't know if I would like it that way because I feel like the the progression of the the notes that you find seemed important to me to to building the story. I mean, I yeah. guess you end up with all the same information, so it's I guess it wouldn't be a huge deal. But you also can't unknow it once you've played it once. Yeah, that's true. I felt like I was a little, I was a little less affected by it than I would have been if I hadn't played the first half an hour of it in March. Hmm. Mm. Sure. Because um, I think I, I, I skipped not to over be some sort of stuff. As creeped out as I was the very mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. I played yeah. it. I totally jumped when the light bulb blows out. Yeah. The, that, that, that was my favorite that was my favorite moment from the yeah. When was that? I don't even remember that. In the secret stairwell the uh, <clears throat> when you're looking at the sort of the map of the hidden panels or whatever <clears throat> Um, the light bulb pops. <laughs> for for me it popped it w- when uh, just as I had picked up and was looking at the little crucifix that's yeah, lying maybe there that's, maybe that's so that was it, that, uh, that might be the trigger mm. I yeah. think I didn't find the crucifix yeah. I didn't spend nearly as much time in that little <clears> passage <throat> also because I had to just go in and then go back out the other side because I didn't want to get my string tangled up oh. <laughs> that house has a lot of fucking internal loops <laughs> Do you, you don't play video games the same way I played this one like that wow. because it, because it was very much like real life Jesus. Yeah, sorry. I I really enjoyed so like so there was that there's the whole main sort of narrative which Riff just skipped primarily. I I totally didn't. It 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 took me it like for the first few minutes I was confused because I did not realize right away that this house that I was in was the new house. I was thinking okay. that everyone had moved away without telling me. <laughs> So okay. that that put let put a sort of different spin on the story until I until I realized from looking at the addresses on the the postcards that that yes Kate Kate did know about this so right. <laughs> this must be the new house but uh, but no I mean you get you get all the information and uh, I mean you don't hear you don't hear the sister talking about the events in her own voice but I feel like all the all the facts that you need to put together what is happening are are there for you. I guess that's probably true. Hmm. 
So have you never heard the audio journals at all? Nope. Wow. Huh. Because I mean that's that's a strange choice. You because I mean the sort of the narrative arc is you know you're you're listening to these audio journals and then at the very end of the game you find the journal that you have ostensibly been reading mm-hmm. the whole time or whatever. So. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I you know once it once it became clear you know after finishing the game that all of that audio which seemed incongruous with it being a, a being a sort of just atmospheric exploration game was actually just a flash forward. Right. Right. You know. Then I was I was okay with it. Uh, I really liked the so in addition to that sort of like main narrative arc, um, I really enjoyed the the secondary characters like all of the, the information that you find out about the father. And yeah, the mother, like the father and, and the his relationship to his father and his publishing and his uh, his uncle. Yeah, yeah that <clears throat> the justification for him getting the house, which was like just sort of. Yeah. I didn't find that actually. I didn't. I didn't know until I read that rock paper shotgun article about oh, the whole yeah. uh, molestation angle. I was a lot more. I was a lot more. I mean, because I felt like both I identified with the father's character more than anyone else in the story, and I also just like infidelity hmm. versus depression. It just sort of seems like. One of those that like the dad's problems were things that happened to him, and the mom's problems were things that she did to hurt other people. That made me sort of like, eh, that's gross. Hmm. I mean, and it made it just made me not like the mom in a way that I was like sympathetic to the dad and just couldn't understand right. the mom because it's like that's yeah. I I was not clear how far if. If at all, the relationship with the with Ranger Rick ever got. Oh, I think it's, yeah. it's pretty clear it went nowhere, right? Because I yeah. mean, they got invited to. You wouldn't invite somebody to your wedding if you slept with them, okay? And they were married. You wouldn't invite somebody, you know, your your mistress and her husband to your wedding. I don't know. Maybe maybe you would. Maybe you would. You're friends with everybody. <laughs> um, but I like how they didn't go to the wedding. <laughs> And instead went to couples counseling or whatever. That was good. Um, Was it the same date? I didn't even notice. It was, well, yeah, because the date was like the day before you got home and Mm. they're on their, like, on the calendar it says anniversary trip. Right, and then you find the brochure for the rope Um, course. The ropes course. The community building. (laughs) Right. Trust falls. Team building. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't that be a great name for a. For a resort, Trust Falls. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to make some fake waterfalls, and then uh, you wouldn't have any Trust Falls. That would be the joke. Or you, it's you important s- to have a central joke when you're putting together <laughs> a business. I'm trying well, to think cool. Of other other businesses that are based on jokes. Gone Home, right? Oh, I wasn't giving Gone Home as an example of a business <clears throat> based on a joke. I was just trying to bring the conversation oh, back around. Okay. Yeah. That basement uh, was huge. And creepy. God, that when I saw the furnace, I was like, okay, this is where Freddy jumps out and just kills everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's all secret thi- Was it like two floors? Was it like a two-floor basement? No. no. Or was it just very sprawling and I got confused? It was just well, very sprawling. you found another stairway because I guess it might have been a split-level basement. Yeah. No, it was just... Wasn't it? You, no. didn't go, you didn't go down a ways and then up again? You went back up, but you were back on the first floor. Right, you were in that guest <clears throat> wing or whatever. Yeah. It's, it was a little... 
like the door that can only open from one side to like take you back to the entrance to the Skyrim dungeon. That's a little video. That's a little <laughs> well, video you just video. unlock it from that side because yeah. it's locked. Yeah. Which is weird. Why would why, why would, would that work be... that way? Yeah, like what? Well, not why would it... like there's a key somewhere that you just didn't find it. Like yeah, but did they did they like that seems like the one door in a house that would not have a lock. Well, that seems like the one door in the house that wouldn't nobody would have ever locked because it was like dividing the bedrooms from the kitchen. Well, it was like the right? servants' quarters, right? Like were well, not, well, that was where the kitchen and the dining room and stuff were. Oh. Well, right, no, the so way that they got to the kitchen was by finding the key to the basement and then going through the basement every time. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. It was <laughs> yeah, a, they, so well, if you want to get to the kitchen, you have to go into the parents' bedroom closet and through the secret passageway to the library. Yeah, well, it was, yeah. It was a diet, right? They were like, all right, let's just make it a pain in the ass to get to the kitchen. Okay. Right? Or, or let's close one of these internal loops. Okay, okay. Um, I, I played through the game a couple times because I wanted to read that note that they wouldn't let you read the end of. <laughs> The first thing I did was fucking Google it to see if oh, there yeah? was... Yeah, and I was, and I was like, ah, oh, goddamn. Nobody did this, and God, they're right. Why am I even doing... I'm gross. I'm a gross, pervert I didn't get... Asshole. I did not read fast enough to even get... Uh, to understand what it was, like, why I wasn't finishing the note. I was like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Hmm. I must not I have found like, that. Oh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense, but... Now I'm now I'm just now you have piqued my curiosity so much that I have to I have to read. Yeah, you see it, and it's like, oh, I'm just gonna pull out some random diary page where I describe my first lesbian sex experiences and just put it under something in the hallway, (laughs) and then uh, you can read it, but only for a second. Um, Yeah, and you can you totally can just like get to the end of the game in like under a minute if you if you know where to go. Oh, even without. Unlocking all the doors. Yeah, well, because you just because the I mean you, you hold down sprint. You got to unlock the super sprint. sprint. Ah, yeah, God, bunny was, hopping down the hallway. Trying, <laughs> you're rocket jumping. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying not to make any of those jokes. I uh. <laughs> I did find myself wanting to to try to jump in a, in a case. I did too. Yeah, and and I did yeah, also to, to look to, up I, on top of bookcases mainly. Yep. I there was one place in the basement where you if you just are like pushing up against the walls. There's like some boards up against the thing and you, you climb up the, the steep incline on the boards and all of a sudden you're up much higher and your head's in like a cobweb and you're like, uh, <laughs> the fuck? That's the hair washing cobweb. <clears throat> yeah. I was Sh- like, they don't have any showers. All they have is bathtubs. So you just, if you want to take a shower. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can totally just go to the, the sort of final secret area, get the key to the attic and then just go to the attic like immediately. Hmm. So you can end the game in like 40 seconds or something. That's a feature. He yeah, said. yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yep. It's cool that it is there from the beginning and you don't find it. Right? Like they're, they, they, they cleverly hid the stuff. It's like the, you have to be right up against the wall for them to activate before you know about them. But then once you know about them, they're like the, trigger shows up if you're further away i don't even remember how that thing works yeah i don't remember where the attic key was it was in the in the area under the stairs mm, okay the little the little sort of ritual that they performed to all right free to oscar. exercise oh. oscar that yeah. that, <laughs> that room uh, man that was uh i when i found the note that um that directed you to that room that says something like, here's where we're going to do it. I, I, I was so into the story at that point that I got 
totally freaked out and afraid that I was going to get to this room and find like the results of a suicide pact. Do you and think so that... when I got in there, it was like, oh, Jesus, it's just stupid high school witchcraft. And I was like I... laughing out loud. Looking back, do you think that what he was trying to say through the Ouija board when they said, what do you want, was to come bang your dad again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow. I bet that was it. Yeah. You should you should you should let people know. Yep. Ah <laughs> uh, man. Uh, <clears throat> uh I was a little worried that you you might find Sam uh, like uh dead upstairs in the attic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was knew, intentional. Yeah, I mean I like I, I felt at that time like I was Well, because I mean it's like if the red lights are on, I'm up here and the red lights are on, right? Right. That was part of it. But but it was also like, I felt like I was being, I felt like there was some effort to trick you into thinking that that was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I also was very, very confident that it wasn't huh. going to happen, that it just wasn't. Like, nothing about it led me to believe that it was going to have an unhappy ending. Well, okay, so you say that, <clears throat> but going into it without without a bunch of spoilers, like, at lots of different places it does things to give you the impression that it there, this could still be a ghost story right that this could yeah. be a haunted house that there could be some creepy it kind of is just not a literal ghost the yeah. the uncle's ghost is sort of present right it's like the ghost of regret I don't even um yeah but you know, simultaneously, I think they also set up expectations about, or not expectations, but like set up fears for you to to be worried about things like one mm-hmm. of them committing suicide or both of them committing suicide or whatever. You know, that ambiguous answer, set of answering machine messages with the girl crying. It's like, huh? You know, what's that all about? Is that a different ghost? Yes, it's a different ghost. Was the call coming from inside the house? <laughs> So, it's a, I, you know, all, all this said, I'm, oh, something that was frustrating was uh, I tried to play the other side of some of the tapes that had labels oh, on both sides. Yeah, and they're you can all only one play sided. one side. Yeah. They're all tapes with just one song on them. That was yeah. the most unrealistic thing. Who's got, what's this a shitty mixtape? We're breaking up. <laughs> one song. This is like a single that you recorded over. <laughs> <laughs> the tape, the tapes, uh, cassette boxes were pretty cool yeah i liked i liked flipping them over and like just getting the tiniest chance to read the inside bottom yeah the, which was yeah. that struck me as kind of weird that why can't i just take the little piece of paper out and read it like i would if i was actually manipulating this thing but you know video games that is, we are like the last generation for whom that even means anything a mixtape yeah. yeah just like the just like the handmade label that how long it was probably depended on how long the label packaged in with the blank cassette was. <clears throat> like, yeah, I don't know. In it, I, I feel like that we are in an age where people make mixes in sort of air quotes They're for each other. YouTube playlists. Just by giving you, yeah, by yeah. sending a YouTube playlist. Oh, and also the comments on all of these YouTube videos explain how I feel about you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, lol um, <laughs> yeah 
Uh, have you been playing anything else, Riff? I, I, well, sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to squash this discussion no, no, just because I've fucking had it with talking about this fucking game. Jesus. <laughs> uh, if if you don't have anything else to say, no, not really. I mean, I found it really, uh, uh, really moving, and I thought it was uh, an excellent story. Yeah. And I, I'm eager to uh, at some point go back and uh, and hear the voice acting and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything I had to say about it. What else have you been playing? Um, that was about it. Just sixty I, hours of. I feel Donna. like I I might have played. A, I think I played a couple of a couple of random things off of free indie games, but uh, I don't I don't really remember them. I played a bunch of uh, Plants vs Zombies two. Mm. Oh yeah, how was mm-hmm. that? It's really really good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird how. Well, that it's free. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's basically like this game that you look at it and it's like, oh, this is just a bunch of free to play bullshit. But then it's totally not because it has a much better game if you don't buy anything because it's like much more a really hard version of Plants vs Zombies, which is what I want out of a sequel to Plants vs Zombies. I mean, I recognize that that's not what you know somebody's mom wants out of it, but yeah, I don't know. I I. Every time I pick it up now, I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do any of these things. Really? Yeah. You know, huh. there's not the endless modes aren't appealing to me at all and the the so much of what was cool about Plants vs Zombies was like, all right, here's this list of mini games that you can play and they have sort of explicit discrete goals and because they're all worked into the sort of campaign of Plants vs Zombies 2, I'm just sort of less interested in them. Huh. Right when when all any of them gives you like if they just was a list of things that gave you nothing except completion, but the fact that they like give you the star that you need thirty of to unlock the next world or whatever. Right. There's a fairly limited set of plants because it seems pretty clear that they're gonna release new worlds for purchase and new sets of plants. And yeah, stuff. I mean you get to the end and it sets up going to the future at some point as uh, some space beans. Yeah, some, space beans. Yeah. Um, almost all of the original plants are there, plus some new ones. Do you think you'll go to like Transylvania or something, and then uh, that's where <laughs> all the mushrooms will? Go? No, that's not even close to true. Well, I mean, so there aren't the nighttime plants or yeah, the aquatic I feel like plants. This, I feel like Plants vs Zombies Two has a third the number of plants that Plants vs Zombies One had. Huh? I because like we're probably both exaggerating, and it's probably like half or two thirds. Well, okay, so I mean, there's there are no mushrooms and there are no water plants, but besides that, there are. I, a lot of the terrestrial plants that I remember are there, if not all of them, and some new ones. So, I don't know. I don't have Plants vs. Zombies 1 installed on my phone anymore, so I can't... Uh, I didn't. I never played it on, on the phone. I only ever played like it on Like, I 100%ed PC. it on PC, and then I 100%ed it on my phone. Wow. Like, a couple years later, or a year later. Yeah, the I am, I'm having a hard time 100%ing Plants vs. Zombies 2. Yeah. There's a couple of just incredibly difficult levels. Sort of the fact that I know that it's going to get expanded makes me not really interested in playing it doing now. everything. Or just playing it at all. Well, I mean, I guess what I wish is that progress wasn't gated by so much backtracking mm. and challenge solving, right? Like, I, I wish that it took half as many I really stars like to get to the third. I really like those challenge modes, though, because they, f- they force you to vary up your play style. Yeah, they are interesting. 
the, the way that it works is like you'll beat a level. Actually, you beat all the levels in a, in a sort of world, and then it's like, all right, now you can go back and do these challenges to get stars, which you have to do a bunch of to unlock the next world. And the the challenges are like, they're pretty much all don't lose any lawnmowers, right? Like they're they're all you can't use any of the safety net, right? That that affords you at Plus all. Plus some additional constraints. Yeah, like no, no zombie is allowed to get past the fourth row. Yeah, or. <sighs> There are certain plants that aren't allowed to be destroyed, or there are. You can only you can never have more than twelve plants. Yeah, you wow. can't lose more than. Usually, can't lose more than one or two plants. You often are restricted in the amount of sunlight that you can spend, or, or sometimes you must the, produce. You must generate a crazy 3, amount. Sun yeah, um, it's but they're neat constraints. They are. They really are. <laughs> they're they're very divergent, and they in general require different strategy. Which is awesome. They don't feel different enough to me is the problem, yeah? right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huh. like... <clears throat> oh, so one innovation that Plants vs. Zombies 2 has that is phenomenal is this notion of plant food. And what that does is... It's a power-up that you sort of get little bits of over time. You get charges yeah. of it. And then you can drop it on any plant that's that you've dropped out on the field, and they all have a different kind of, like, superpower that they have... Like just sort of in a, a short burst. So like yeah, they're the, all very mechanically unique. They yeah. all have their own cool animations. Like it is, it is really really neat. Yeah, huh. they they usually do a ton of damage if they're damaging things. Or like the the one plant that's like iceberg lettuce that freezes one zombie will just freeze everybody on the field. There's like if you drop it on a walnut, it puts a suit of armor on it. Like it right. metal plates it and gives it five times as many hit points or something. It's crazy. Yeah. If you put it on a corn cob, it butters every. Everything. Zombie <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Um, what are some other ones? Can you put it on a sunflower? You, you can. can. It just it just shits out a bunch of sun. Yeah. Mm. If you put it on, um, if you put it on a, there's like a a plant that like bounces uh, zombies backwards, and if you put it on one of those, uh, it bounces all of the zombies back. Hmm. Um, I never tried that. Yeah, you can. You can get a zombie. There's a, there if you have the right combination of plants, you can and you're like down to like one zombie that you're not like actively shooting. You can bounce them all the way back to the beginning if you want, because you can alternate the bouncing ones and then a a walnut and stuff, and just sort of hop them backwards. Hmm. Which is sometimes useful on levels where you are required not to spend. Oh, that's another thing is there are some level challenge levels where you cannot spend sun for. 90 seconds if you want to get the star yeah so there's like at some point you have to go 90 seconds without buying yeah. anything when i was first playing through it i thought that those like it starts it out with like the first 90 yeah seconds. the first yeah. 90 yeah. seconds so yeah. like, like when it was 30 seconds or 45 seconds i was like oh man that's tough but doable and then there was a 90 second one and i was like i how what <laughs> and then i realized that it could be any any 90 seconds so um, but yeah, I, I I strongly recommend it. It's it's got yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy to recommend at the price of zero dollars. Sure, <laughs> you know it's uh, it's well designed. the The levels are are really tight. Um, I I really like the mechanics in the third world. I'm, I wasn't as excited about the second one. The second one is themed about like pirates, uh, and the way they change that up is like s- some of the levels have like uh, narrower right port like the right side of the screen is like gangplanks and stuff and so it's it definitely changes how the game plays 
Um, they'll swing like th- there'll be some some of your rows just stop after five squares yeah and like anytime a zombie comes into that row he like swings in on a rope and then starts much closer yeah mm. or is fired from a cannon or something yeah. so yeah or carried by a seagull actually yeah there's like seagulls carrying upside down zombies yeah i think you can fire you can hit those in either of two lanes right i think you can um I might be wrong about that. I think that. you're making that up. Am I making that yeah, up? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm just confusing that with the um, that stupid mini game with the coconut cannons. Yes. Where you could hit them at any point on yeah. their sprite. That was a super frustrating mini game. Actually, there, there's a bunch of different new mini games, and some of them are bullshit, like the memory game. Yeah, I really do not. I really uh, do not enjoy that. Josh said he was like, oh, I thought the memory game was great. Just went right through it. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, I also went right through it, but I thought it was kind of lame, and I, I was really worried. That it was just I played be the first one, and world. I was like, eh, if the second one and the third one are just the harder version of this, I just don't care. Yeah, and they totally are. So, uh, and then that. another bullshit one was that uh, the cannons hitting things with cannons. Like, it starts out okay, but then the last level is just incredibly painfully difficult because the way that the scoring works, that the whole point of those mini games is score, and the way that the scoring works is that each bird is worth 100 points unless you start unless you get a bunch of them at the same time and then you get like a huge multiplier mm. and so on the last level you have to be killing them in groups of like seven or eight at a time oh i didn't even understand that i was going for a particular score yeah that's the whole point of it is to beat to beat a particular score i mean i think that's what's making me not as interested in doing everything and it is because i keep playing the mini games and the first easiest version of the mini game just isn't very fun hmm. to me and so i'm like i just don't have any interest in playing a game that I don't enjoy just to get this star that I need 30 of. Like, if I needed three of them, then maybe I would go do Well, this but, thing, I f- but I mean, I think you're supposed to get the bulk of the stars from yeah. redoing the, the initial levels just with the extra constraints. So. It's, it, it's interesting. The model is interesting. I keep accidentally spending the fucking power-ups, then I just have to sit there until the timer runs out on them without actually using them, because I don't want to have used any of the uh, power-ups. Yeah. But I'm... For whatever reason, I'm... I mean, I kind of wish I was playing this on a PC, I guess, because I'm just sort of fudging... Like, I fuck up and plant the wrong thing a lot of the time and just ruin a game. It's like, I don't know, I guess the last three minutes were just wasted. Yeah, I, I will restart occasionally because of that. But, I mean, you know, that would happen occasionally on... With a, even with a mouse control, you know, like... Oh, not to me, man. Yeah? I have a 100% mouse. I have five dots in using a mouse. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> a lot of dots. Also, I have a five-button mouse. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything else? Uh, I think... I think that's it. Oh, no, I guess I... I played Cookie Clicker. Yeah, so did I a little bit. <sighs> it's the same guy that made this thing called Nested, which was really interesting. Yeah. Um... This was sort of the opposite of that. And it was, I mean, it's, it seems like it is a candy box like, but without understanding what, what made candy yeah, box really compelling. Like candy box without the twist. Yeah. And the hmm. twist was all the candy box was for. Yeah. If you just had the candy box where it was just. Like it was just the bl- engine. If it was just the economy and not ever doing anything with any of the stuff that you got. Yeah. This huh. was like. So without going to the zones and killing the yep. goblins. Yeah, this yep. is just this is just making cookies and the sort of numerical progression of getting high, more and more cookie producing things. Wow! And it's like their server is choked under the traffic of people fucking with it. Like so, so you just wait and watch the numbers go up, and that's it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. you have to buy upgrades, so like it's there's a little bit of interactivity, and there is definitely some some optimization that you can do in terms of like picking what to buy. Yeah. Wow. But that's about it. Yep. That. Yep. That. Wow. Yeah. That sounds terrible and completely missed the point. Yeah. It's possible that this is just the beginning of what will also eventually have more depth, and this was just like the uh, overarching like scheme. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it came from a guy that made something that I thought was really, really great, right? I mean, it's it's got to be going somewhere. It's just, yeah, it's, why it's, do you it's version it? 0. Why do you release 2. it like this? I mean, this, like, what I saw, it seems like the thing that you would make and then not show anybody until right. it was a real game, right? So that's, I mean, that, that's something that I'm actually curious about. Like, is it dangerous to release something before it is... Before it's found its soul. Yeah. I mean, for us, it certainly wasn't. For us, I mean, I think people, the the people who played KOL participating in our journey of finding out what KOL was, it was a big part of it for them, was, right. was you know, seeing that happen and having some influence on it. Yeah. But. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I, I really am not sure if if this is just a work in progress or if this is just a sort of some, somebody not understanding what made something else great. Or more fundamentally, if games should be developed on your front lawn as opposed to in your mm. garage, right? Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay to have a bunch of just sort of projects that are very, very early in their development cycle just out in the world letting people mess with them yeah i mean it sucks that it's like now part of what he's part of the process of making that game is like dealing with the server infrastructure and shit you know sure like i know those feels (sighs) yeah yeah i mean i feel like mafia wars is kind of the same thing right like this is and mafia wars is like a finished game (laughs) right like well it has it has some multiplayer stuff. There are a lot. There are more moving parts to to Mafia yeah. Wars, right? And yeah, and it does have it does have multiplayer. I mean, it's sort of at its core, it's multiplayer, right? Like it's sure. not. It's the kind of game that existed prior to KOL that led me to think like, ah, God, I wish there was just a fucking like single player, like a not even single player. I wish there. I wish that there was one of these multiplayer web games that wasn't just make numbers bigger in PvP each other, right? Something that actually had some content to it. Right. For that a person could play on their own and the multiplayer aspects of it are just extra fun. But you know, I mean, because there was a ton of shit like that that was sort of the the other the the sort of distaff branch of our descendants from BBS door games. Right. Right? Where it's like there were some of them that were just very much like do the same thing over and over again and then you can fight other players usurper for instance you know and even legend of the red dragon like i feel like primarily the reason that people got into that was not because the content was like 50 or 60 words of writing total well no it was it was a few hundred probably but like you know a zone an an area with new monsters in it that was just the name of some monsters right and the number of points that they had or whatever it wasn't like and then maybe there were a couple like special events that would happen in each place but like you know, huh? I think primarily the draw of it in the long term for people was the leaderboards, right? Which were just PvP. But 
So I played a bunch of, uh, well, I played a little bit of the Brigmore Witches, the new DLC for Dishonored. Oh, okay. And that's pretty good. They, they, is it just more Dishonored? Mm-hmm. Is it? It is. Nice. It is. There is a book that you find that the way that I am reading it is it's like a it's like a just a little a guide to the ports of this continent or whatever, and it just describes a bunch of other cities. It's like, hmm, are these the settings for Dishonored two and three and four? Because if so, I am fucking on board. I am. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited that there is going to be a sort of big name video game franchise that is actually good, that is actually a thing that I like. I'm sure <laughs> there are people who like Assassin's Creed and think that it is good. Sure. But yeah, no, I'm stoked. I'm stoked, and uh, yeah, I'm probably halfway through this DLC if I if it's the same length as the Knife of Dunwall. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's a direct follow up to that, but. Uh, I can't think of anything in particular to talk about in it that was cool. There's a lot more sort of interesting interactive elements. Like, you, you, you go back to this jail, which is where the opening mission of the base game Dishonored starts that you just escape from, but it's a lot it's a lot more open, and there's, there's all these cells with different dudes and stuff in them, and then there's like a, sort of a control room where you can just put in the name, like the, the, the letter and number of the block and cell number and it just unlocks the doors and some of them will let npcs out i guess which would maybe create things that happen i don't i didn't really mess with that because they all seem pretty angry and dangerous (laughs) and i was trying to not kill anyone so i didn't i didn't want to let anybody out for fear that it would result in a bunch of guards getting killed can you save the game and try that kind of stuff and then go yeah you could it the 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 trouble is you have to go to the cell, figure out what the cell number is, and then go back to the the control room, and it's kind of far, and huh. it's it takes a long time for the machine to reset. And I mean, it's like three or four seconds, but it's still like, I don't want to sit there for two minutes just typing in codes on this thing. You know, but it's neat. Like, some of the hidden stuff, like, you go, and I'm like, oh, there's a rune on the other side of this, so I'm going to go back, and it's worth doing that, and then I'll just open all the other ones that I saw that were unoccupied on the way and see if there's anything in those. And that was pretty cool. Was there anything in them? Uh, yeah, there were a few, you know, just darts and money and stuff. That's you know, cool. it's kind of stuff you find in a cell, darts and money. <laughs> those are like the two things that prisoners are allowed unrestricted <laughs> yeah. access to, no matter what crimes they've committed. S- s- darts full of a sleeping poison. <laughs> what could go wrong there? And uh, yeah, just money. Well, what are they going to do with it? And then I played a bunch of... Uh, you know, I played a bunch of Spelunky. Also, you guys yeah. need to you guys need to get the new PC Spelunky. Yeah, although I guess you're not going to boot into Windows to do the daily challenge. Not every day, yeah, every nope. Day. Yeah, ah, it's so good. It's so fun. It's so just. You know, it was like one of the guys on Creighton Crowbar described it as like this is just what Spelunky is now, and he's totally the right. daily challenges. Yeah, yeah, and all the other Spelunky that you play is just practicing for the daily challenge, and <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. I got I got some got some Steam friends from the video games hot dogs forums and one guy that I used to work with. Um, so there's a leaderboard every day. It's like there's a there's a leaderboard for the average of your top ten daily challenge scores, and that's the one that I'm sort of the most interested in because it's like tracking long term improvement. That's that's sort of your take on even board games, right? Because you have like the that little the notepad document in yeah, the phone, yeah, which is just your various scores. 
Yeah, I've kind of given up on that because of the number of games that we play where the scoring is dramatically variable depending on the number of players that there are. Right, like Lords and, of Waterdeep is yeah. dramatically different with two players rather than four. I wish there was an expansion five. for that. Yeah. They uh, they oversold pre-orders for the Lords of Waterdeep expansion and everybody uh, that I know, their order has been canceled. It's like, oh, we're trying to find one, sorry. Hmm. Like, F you, Amazon. I'm a little surprised. That's I've never. I mean, I guess I don't pre-order stuff a bunch, but uh, I'm surprised that they would have sold more copies than they actually had coming. Well, I mean, it's not. Uns- it's not surprising if you like they're pre-selling something that does not exist yet, right? Well, and so maybe there was some manufacturing they, fuck up. But do they not pass on that information to the? I'm not. But I'm saying I don't think that they sold more than the publisher promised them. I think the oh. publisher was unable to deliver the number that they promised. Okay. Is is almost certainly what happened. Or maybe maybe nobody has gotten them. Maybe they're maybe they're just coming out late. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. That seems like it would have been a it would have been a different message. I don't know. Uh, so beyond that, just I uh, bought and have been playing Saints Row Four, and it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's it's just like. It's video game, the video game. It's so... <laughs> I didn't really get that into Saints Row 3, but this one is just so... It is so immediate in presenting to you the things that are good about it, and you are just you are just playing the game right away, which is pretty great, and you're you know doing awesome shit right away, and you are very, very quickly deposited into an open world with a whole bunch of objectives marked on the map that are just fun shit you can go do. And the more mainline quests you do, the more like sort of categories of activity become available to you on the on the open world, and it's just I don't know, man. It's it's fun. It's so it's so ridiculous. I mean, it has it has little to no merit of any of the categories of merit that say Gone Home has, <laughs> but but it is still just like a you know it's it's like. Pure, infamous, pure, like, joy. Yeah, it's like infamous and and prototype style traversal of a city without even a fraction of the sort of earnestness and grit of those <laughs> games. And so it's just like, all right, whatever. It's you, like you called me in to to watch you play around with yeah. the. Yeah, so they they kept hyping up the dubstep gun, and yeah. I was like, oh, c- cool, bacon gun too. That'll be great. And I thought that you know that's dumb, but then actually using it. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's, it's like the, I mean, the, the music that it makes is pretty good, and it also it's like fucking some it's some Michael Jackson's Moonwalker stuff. Just everyone within sight starts dancing, including the cars. They just start like <laughs> yeah. bouncing to the rhythm of the music that's playing on their tires. And it's the whole thing takes place in a sort of Matrix-style computer simulation. So. I think, in a lot of ways, they're just taking advantage of that to push the performance limitations of the engine, because it's like, oh, this car just appeared in a flurry of pixels, because like, <laughs> rather than having texture pop in, they're just like, oh, no, that's supposed to be like that. <laughs> it's just like, it like, starts out as an Atari car. Um, that's great. There's some of it that's kind of gross, though. Like, every time you walk up to a building, all of the, like, brick textures are animated in a way that is, like, when the brick buildings reassemble themselves in the Matrix. Oh, Jesus. Just every building, every texture on the side of every building is like that. And it's like, ugh, it's like everything is made of runny liquid. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. But you don't get that close to stuff because mostly what you're doing is fucking flying around and, and <laughs> like... 
you just don't there is no reason to ever get in a car like all of the sort of car subsystems of of Saints Row 3 are meaningless because you half an hour into the game get the ability to run way faster than the fastest car goes That's so awesome. it's I don't know it's I I don't know how much of it I'm gonna play I would actually I'm sort of tempted to just see what the other elements of the story missions are because it it keeps really changing things up and just going in a lot of pretty funny directions and so it's I'm curious to see you know what else there is and it's just less it's not it doesn't have even a little bit of the trappings of like oh yeah we're in a gang you know right. it, it, which which I, I felt like in this it's so the situation that you're in is so weird and the main character is just so bewildered by everything that's going on but so <laughs> happy to be jumping over buildings and shit that like the things that he's that like primarily the main character's emotions in this are what the fuck and fuck yeah right <laughs> and that's basically all that gets expressed whereas in Saints Row 3 the primary things that the character is expressing is like yeah my gang rules this town and I it was just like eh I don't can we not just pretend that this is not the third <laughs> game in a series about just gang warfare because um, I don't like that what did you think of that like the Grand Theft Auto sort of narrative arcs I mean, because I think we've talked about this before. Like, I I felt kind of grossed out by San Andreas because unlike, whereas, you know, I mean, I guess you could say Vice City was basically like Scarface, the video game, <laughs> and San Andreas was like Boys in the Hood, the video game, except that Scarface was more or less fictionalized. Like, the sort of... It, this sort of like soprano style mafia is a thing that I feel like it either doesn't exist or it exists on such a small scale that it's not that big a deal as opposed to like LA gang, gang warfare guys. which is like it's not it's not a genre it's like a fucking catastrophe right like it's 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 <laughs> a like and I and I yeah I have no idea I mean I might also just be racist right it's I can never tell how to interpret the responses that I, as a privileged white dude who's never been shot at, have to, like, different flavors of randomly murdering passerbys. But it's like, I feel like randomly murdering a passerby with a bazooka in Miami is just a sort of a categorically different thing than randomly murdering a passerby from the backseat of a car that's being driven by another dude that's in your gang. And, Mm -hmm. like... Just it's, because it's of the, too, just because of the, the, the well, it's reality. Too, it's too real. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's like this is not this is not a thing that is far enough away in either accuracy or time that it's okay for it to be the setting for a game that is basically just kind of an abstract violence playground. Right. The way that GTA games are, and uh, GTA <clears throat> five, GTA four. I was just like. Fuck this! Like this is like the cars are too hard to drive, and yeah. there's nothing silly that was, about that. Was it what ruined four at for all. me? Was the it, it just like there seems to be nothing to do cars. other than the story missions, and it's like I was just, really disappointed in the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack to Vice City was so compelling to me, and the soundtrack in San Andreas was much less interesting. I mean, I feel like if we had grown up in bigger cities and gotten into hip hop the way that a lot of a lot of people of our generation and temperament did, 
by virtue of being exposed to it more sure. and developed an ability to appreciate it, then it probably would have been just as resonant. But I mean, because we, you know, I feel like we only saw the bulk of American culture in the 80s and 90s on television, hmm. right? As opposed to as opposed to sort of being active participants in it because we were in the flyover states. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I, it's like, I like, I, I like, I feel like I can allow myself to enjoy Saints Row 4 because it is so, you're shooting aliens and stuff, right? It right. is so, and I, and I mean, I do every once in a while just hit the button to like crotch punch a random person <laughs> or just like kick a hobo off a park bench or something, but they're not real, right? They just pixel, they just pixel out huh. and that makes it okay. It totally doesn't make it okay, but it does. <laughs> That is weird that it's just this like sort of thin green line. But it's an important it it is it is one very thin layer of abstraction, but it's an important layer of abstraction to me, right? Cuz I mean, if you're aware of it, then it's always when you're shooting a dude in Vice City or whatever, it's also just pixels. Yeah, but it's but it isn't presented that way, right? Sure. It's it's like if you are suspending your disbelief, then you're you're a dude doing some heinous things. Mm-hmm. Although I was mostly a dude driving a car around and trying to trying to ramp off of yeah, ramp trucks, yeah. just like you know Did picking people up that. and taking them to the bank that they needed to go to or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, sort of like even like when you think about the story of Red Faction Guerrilla, it's really yeah, I mean, you're basically a terrorist, and it's a like maybe you're, the, maybe you're the good guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're the good guys. You don't really know. Like, you as the player don't know enough about the dynamics of the situation that's actually happening. Your character doesn't necessarily know enough to know whether, like, all right, is it okay to murder these people just because they work for this company? Right? Like, sure. But because it's fucking on Mars, you, you don't think about that, right? You don't, like, or I don't, at least. Which is why, you know, something like just a modern military shooter, like, I just don't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. The call, was a little, call of duties or whatever? <clears throat> yeah, it was a little... I didn't feel that way so much about... What, what was the game we played? Alpha Protocol, I guess. I mean, that was a lot of just killing dudes. Not necessarily. Yeah, you know, they were all... Yeah, sure. They were all Europeans, so they don't have souls. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been playing and what we have been playing. Cool. What's in the news, Kevin? Let's see here. Uh, EA Origin uh, just started uh, offering total 100% refunds on games that you do not like, um, as long as you do it within sort of a, a reasonable window. It was fairly generous. I mean, it was like within a day of you buying it Unless it's within a week of it coming out. Well, yeah. So, well, it's if you pre-order it, you get a week. Um, well, it's within a week. Of, it's within a week of you buying it. If it's, it's a within a week of it coming out, if it's if you pre-ordered it, um, it's within 24 hours of you actually sitting down to play it. So, if you sit down and play it, and are just unsatisfied with it within the first day, you can just get a full refund. I mean, I think that the reason that they're doing <clears throat> that is because they know that fucking no one will ever do that. Really? Like, the kind of person that is going to complain about a game if you said, all right, 
I'll give you your money back and you will never be allowed to play this game again is always going to say no. Huh. I haven't actually tried this. I've started, I've, I've really been thinking about it with KOL stuff. Like when somebody's like, I bought this thing and it is, this is a fucking, this was a waste of the $10 that I gave you guys. I'm almost certain that if we said, I'll give you your $10 back and you give me that item back, that they would just say no. Hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. It, I mean, if you say, give me the item back and you can never have another one of them if you change your mind. Sure. Do you think they let you buy it again if you've returned it? That I don't know. I did not, uh, I did not look into that. Because that would be exploitable, right? It would be. I mean, you'd buy something, get your money back. You, play, you buy something, you know, you buy like a Gone Home, you play all the way through it, you get your money back. Right. And then if you ever want to play it again, it's going to be $1.50. Right. Actually, I don't know. The only thing I ever bought on Origin was uh, that fucking baseball game. Um, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Baseball <laughs> game. <laughs> and uh, it was significantly cheaper on Origin than it was on Steam. Did, you, did either of you guys get the Humble Origin bundle, which I think is still running? No. I did not. Um, the average price is under $5, and you get a bunch of AAA games. Yeah, this one that has Mirror's Edge and mm-hmm. some of Dead Space. Yep. Yeah. I kind of want to play Mirror's Edge, but I've heard enough. I've heard enough about how bad the bad parts of it are that I. Yeah, it's plus that's that's almost always on. Like when they do the big main Steam sales, you can get it for like three bucks or something. Sure, but you can't get it and eight other games for three bucks. Po- they just added no, Populous. True. And yeah, I mean, you can't get it for one cent, which you could sure. do now, right? Sure, that's true. Uh, I think, and, unless I misunderstood, I think all of the money from that humble sale is going to charity. Yeah. And I think they've raised like $8 million. Charity Baker, the niece of the CEO of <laughs> EA. <laughs> uh-huh. um, let's see here. Notch uh, has announced that he is no longer working on OX10C. In part or, because he is tired of every one of his decisions being reported as news. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, what he said that I thought was interesting, <clears throat> and I thought this was a really, a really excellent sort of place for somebody to be publicly saying, is he wants to make small stuff that he does not feel constantly pressured about and that can fail. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if he works on a really big project, he, it's just not something that he, he would allow himself to, like, to, to like not succeed in or the public wouldn't really allow him to not succeed without just a ton of backlash and so it's in his head it's just easier to like just make fun stuff I mean I think he I mean did, I feel like he can afford backlash insurance at this point well, so sure like, but he like he made the like a you know a seven day first person shooter game and just really really enjoyed it and I was like this is the kind of thing I want to be doing and did you did you play that I didn't I did I didn't really explore it enough to see what, if anything, was interesting about it. It just seemed like doom with zombies. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it had maybe some procedurally generated, like, cityscapes. Um, but, you know what? It, doesn't, it wasn't important whether yeah, it was it super interesting, yeah. right? Like, yeah. the whole idea was, like, it was just a thing. You got to make it. And that made him really happy. You know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm I'm excited for him to be able to just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, fun to see like what the little nuggets of stuff he comes out with will be, rather than you know waiting and waiting for a big thing to come out. Yeah, 
Was when we first got into Minecraft, was it still just him working on it, or by that point had he already? No, it was still just him. He hadn't. Yeah. I think he hadn't actually officially formed Mojang yet. Okay. Because we, we watched a lot of that happen. Okay. Um, it was like when he first made enough money that his PayPal account got frozen. Like we all had already bought it. Okay. Um. And yeah, I'm almost certain that everyone that he hired to work on Minecraft was hired well after we had sort of started messing with it. Huh. And even then, it felt like we were at the tail end of everybody finding out about it, but it yeah. just, you know, became, I guess it just got announced for PS4. Yeah. There's fucking box copies of it at GameStop. It's nuts. It's great. It's great. It's great that a thing that is, and, I, and I've said this before, but it makes me really happy that a game that is just so fucking good, just fundamentally good, is also really popular. Yeah. Like, yep. that's... Yep just heartwarming and I don't you know they just fucking advertise it I'm sure that somebody does I'm sure that there's somebody who's doing the PR for it on Microsoft's behalf or whatever but like you know just made a thing put it out in the world it's like yep this is free unless you want updates you know unless you want the features but otherwise it's a significant amount of money for the video game these days you know but there eh, you go I remember when they changed they changed the terms of service. Like the right. lawyers made him change it to not say that you got free updates forever, and then everybody panicked. And then he was like, "No, no, no, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Notch is a cool guy who doesn't afraid of anything. That's true. <laughs> um, he rips off Infiniminer and doesn't afraid of anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's see here, Wildstar announced their the MMO announced their business model. Um, which is, it's, I don't know that it's revolutionary, but it's, it, it seems like they are embracing sort of the, the, the new hotness, which is a subscription model, online. <laughs> um, subscription model, but that you can pay for it with in-game currency from other players. Is that, so is it that you can, you can get it from other players? I mean, does somebody have to give them money somebody has for to give there them to money. be a month of subscription? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically KOL's model, yes, right? It is. And that has worked out really well for us. Yep. It is. But we don't, but we don't require anyone to have a subscription. That's true. So that's the, that is the one difference. Yeah. Okay. That is true. You have to pay, you have to pay for your 30 days of game time in some way. And it's either going to be cash or buying a cred from somebody yeah. else. I mean, it's one thing for them to say the reason this model, the reason this subscription model is going to work for us is because we are going to do rapid content updates that will keep people interested in the long term and they will not run out of content. And that is a very easy thing to say. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that's been promised by a lot of things recently and then not delivered on by anything ever. So and the first person to come up with a... Uh, a procedurally procedural generation machine that is basically indistinguishable from designed content is going to be just uber wealthy. <laughs> going to be the guy that invented the singularity. God, I can't, uh, I can't necessarily. There is there is a thing that I wish that I could talk about that I can't talk about that I that I wish was a thing. But it is frustrating to me that now everybody fucking thinks that MMOs need to be voiced. It's uh, like the, the yeah. more the yeah, more a terrible we idea. improve backend tools for being able to rapidly deploy patches and content to a, an MMO, the more time we're making it take. And I mean, we have not been immune to this, right? Like the stuff that we make, if, if we were making 2005 content with 2013 tools, 
it would we would be doing it a hundred times as fast as we did in 2005 but it consists of so much more because the scope of everything and every system has crept up so much that it's and you know I think we've caught up we've caught up with it and we are we are cranking stuff out very very quickly like you know people are telling us that they are overwhelmed by the amount of new stuff that we're providing for them to do and that's great but it's un, it's totally unsustainable you know and on, a, every, on our end or on well i think yeah on our end even though our stuff is so lo-fi right. that like one dude can make some new game you know whereas with wildstar it's going to take 50 dudes to make you know, it's going to take 50 dudes a month to make a new area for you to just be able to jump around in and, like, shoot a monster <laughs> if it's a new monster. Right. You know, and that's, like, it's crazy. It's the, the... Having it rely so much on this ambition that is unprecedented, if not unrealistic, is... <clears throat> if, is if new content does not require... A tremendous amount in the way of new assets <clears throat> it's not as big a deal right like <clears throat> yeah. I remember I remember back when you know World of Warcraft was only a couple years old being confused as to why there weren't more quests right because it didn't seem like it would be that complicated to just write some stuff figure out the trigger logic for it and Put the, mm, put it in yeah. the world without without any new NPCs yeah, without changing or, anything else. I mean, there's all these yeah. caves that don't have any reason to go into them except to they they don't really do that anymore. Right. There's no place in the world that doesn't have multiple quests for doing stuff in it. I just remember like I, I remember being like, why doesn't every class have a bunch of class specific quests to to like encourage people to have yeah. alts because they get to see all yeah. this new content. Even if it's just even if it's just nothing. Even if it's like yeah. let's put another. Let's put a named duck next to this lake and right. then have a guy in town with an exclamation point over his head that says, go kill Farl the duck. And then you go kill Farl. Farl seems like a good name for a duck. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's Larf backwards. It's totally not. Elraf. <laughs> it's Lemon. Lemon is Melon backwards. It's... <laughs> yeah, I don't Certain know. Certain definitions of backwards. I, um, I remember finding that warrior quest in Lochmodan or something that's no it's in Red Ridge Lakeshire <laughs> is Lakeshire in Red Ridge I think Lakeshire's in Red Ridge uh, you don't know you never played any Alliance dudes yeah I, which I did at one point and it was just like it was something like there's just this guy and I'm like you know I've played through it before and I don't remember there being a quest but it turns out it was a warrior specific quest and it was just like can you do the crazy challenge where you like run to the back end of this cave and back within three minutes and it's like yeah sure yeah I can do that and I thought that was great. Yep. yep. But then that was the only class-specific quest that I ever encountered. As the ones for unlocking the poisons for the rogue and the all the different class-specific quests for the warlocks. Those exactly. were all really great. And there was like there was like a tiny little bit of stuff for a priest, and I was like, there could be so much more. Yeah. I mean, but the, you know, they would not have. They would have had to get rid of all that stuff to move to this sort of new model. And maybe they knew they were eventually going to do this, right? Where you just mm. fucking your skills just show up. You don't even have to go talk to a trainer anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I to me, it is so much more satisfying the idea of like the way that you level up a character, the way that you gain new abilities, is by going on a narratively justifiable journey to learn how to do this thing. Yeah, all of the yeah. all of the shaman yeah. stuff and all of the warlock stuff was phenomenal. And those quests were not 
crazy complicated, right? Like they didn't have getting getting the like high end, getting your like your uh, mount. Your I guess. mount was yeah, crazy, and like steed the or whatever. What is that? The the demon that you can summon that from the meteor Felguard. No. The infernal, the infernal. Okay. I remember that. Thing. See, I mean, I guess that was all. That was all stuff that, that sort of involved end game content, like getting the totems as a shaman. Didn't uh, that was all just personal stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No and there was and it was fairly straightforward. I mean, there was some of it was was sort of interesting. You had to like d- d- jump off of a thing, or some of it you had to do while you were dead. I think like, hmm. um, which that was neat. It was neat that every once in a while they would take advantage of that. Says, oh right, we've got this whole thing. We've got this whole like visual overlay that happens when you're a ghost. And we could put an NPC there, like, yeah. and then you talk to them, and it's that's interesting. Um, the the potion and the the link quest that just yes. you. Yeah. I um, I didn't actually check to see if there was an NDA, so all I'm gonna say is that uh, Hearthstone is pretty fucking fun. Um, been playing a bunch of that beta, and it seems like it seems like. I haven't played enough of it to know whether it's going to have like real serious lasting value, but I think people are. It's going to come out, and a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with it. For what at least is some that? The only thing I know of that's called Hearthstone is that that Skyrim expansion. That's Hearthfire. Oh, okay. Then what's Hearthstone what's this? is the is the Blizzard uh, trading card game. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. It's all it's all digital. Yeah, as far as I know. it's cool. Yeah, there are no real cards. It's fun. It's fun. I played a bunch of it. I had fun. And I yelled, woo! <laughs> so, uh, speaking of uh, yelling, woo! Or not yelling, woo! This assignment. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. bridge. I'm sorry. I, I, I am the, I'm the heel of this segment, and I don't get to participate because I played through the first five levels, and I was just like, there are too many more fun things for me to play. I I I had basically the same reaction. I got to I guess midway through the second chapter, I, whatever the the level is called after the mausoleum, I guess. But yeah, I was just I don't know. It was really pretty and but I don't know. I've seen that sort of puzzle where you rotate the thing and the thing slide around too many times and this was not enough of an evolution of that to hold my interest i mean they added more and more mechanics as you you got through the yeah. the game i was very put off by the extent to which it was derivative of braid yeah i was surprised just yeah just that how that re- the rewind time thing really uh surprised me the first time that happened and was so obviously derivative but i mean even like you you start off by going into a house and then the house has levels that you mm-hmm. then go yeah. into a series of doors and then when you get when you finish the doors there's a little pedestal that has a quotation like i was like yeah yeah. yeah except it seems like i don't know was there a story to this because at least nominally in braid you can say what you will about the story being wanky or nonsense but it the mechanics did support the th- theme right of it yeah and in this it seems like the theme is just oh this is cool looking the theme is i know a guy who can draw mc escher ass looking shit i mean (laughs) the the idea of it is that you're isaac newton right because you're you're under the apple tree oh yeah and this is like all kind of like a just like uh 
a dream about gravity and physics and really because kind of hmm. he doesn't look like Isaac Newton and isn't well, there a painting know? of him with Isaac Newton in one of those hallways? It's I mean it's it looks like it, it could be him it could be Leibniz that could might be... actually be his Dorian Gray painting yeah. of himself. <laughs> <clears throat> well, so and then so you you get through the there's four chapters and you solve all those puzzles and there's like some sort of like in game exposition or whatever and then it resets you back to the beginning and you can play through the whole game in this like much harder mirrored version. The twist is that it turns out you're the apple. <laughs> and <laughs> it is like it gets significantly creepier and also it, much much harder. much harder. Yeah, it was huh. like, what the way I described it, it was like. It's like the the second version of the New Game Plus version of this is like if you designed a bunch of puzzles and then I tuned down the difficulty by like 90% so that it would be a video game that anybody else would be able to play. Yeah, and, and so, then and so the, the version that you play through first is, is Zach's version. My version for babies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, for example, I think the the second level is the one where it's like, three chambers and when you first play through it it's just there's one of those like enemy balls in there that Mm -hmm. you have to stay away from when you do the mirrored version there are five (laughs) what (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's really hard (laughs) i found it just not fun i just like the 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 rotation and i understand the rotation had to be slow so that you couldn't like just whip it around yeah so that you can whip it around and be facing in an arbitrary direction but it was so slow that experimentation was i felt like just punished with a bunch of wasted time yeah and then i just unwind your mistakes in the same speed no it gets it gets faster and faster if you hold it down does it? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's, I never. Maybe I, maybe I was never forced to hold it down long enough to see that. I liked the. I liked the game. I liked the puzzles. I thought that in general they were well crafted. Um, I liked the, the only, aesthetic. The, the only but, complaint I yeah. had was that occasionally there would be puzzles where I I felt like I knew the solution. I knew what I needed to do, and it was just a matter of actually getting the sort of persnickety. Um, very sensitive conditions to to line up correctly like falling in just the right way so that i fell on top of a key Mm -hmm. or balancing something just so so that i could like rotate around and i have no patience for that in and there's there there gets to be a bunch of that especially in the mirrored versions i've like i've begun more and more and more to appreciate how good of a game Spelunky is because even though it is very very punitive it is super super fair like you know how far you can jump and you get to where you can just eyeball like can I get to that ledge or not and if you fuck up it's because you fucked up and not because it turns out that that jump wasn't a thing that you could make or this is a thing where you had to run differently or jump at a different spot relative to the edge or whatever. And that that whole thing, Braid only did this to me a couple times, where I was like, I can't tell if I'm doing the wrong thing or if I'm doing the right thing and not executing it correctly. Yeah. And I felt, I never felt in the bridge like I was sure. And I, I mean, it felt this kind of the same way about any chamber, right? Like some of this, and, and part of it was an incomplete understanding of the rules of the world, which is part of the game is, is working your way through mm, right. the process of learning those. But in this one, the rules were so simple, but so 
fudgy it seemed like with just just it seemed sloppy like there were all like a platformer with fucking curved surfaces yeah it's, like, just, it's, ah. it's weird i mean you there are places where you that that really works to your advantage and like is it's used really well and there are places where it's just frustrating um and so it goes it goes both ways in that um you know the the puzzles are well designed i think i think if you wanted some puzzle content it would be something to come back to at some point um because they do get more interesting i mean like the did you guys get to the vortexes at all yeah i played a few of those so the vortexes are like things that you use to like to to add sort of mobility and that kind of thing and then there are there gets to be a place where you get to swap sort of between two different versions of yourself, uh, like a sort of like pale white version and a gray version. And those get to interact with different objects in the world. And then there's this much more complicated thing in the fourth chapter where you are controlling you. There are certain objects in the world. It's called the veil. There are certain objects in the world, which uh, have their own distinct gravity and you can when you're behind the veil you can control what direction the gravity is for them and then it stays consistent with that as you come out from behind the veil do you have fixed points at which you can go through the veil or yeah the veil is like a physical thing that you stand behind okay so it's like a fixed place in the in the map so it's like an heiress yes um and that gets really weird. And then in the mirrored stuff, there's there's additional strange things. Sometimes there are two copies of you. Um, oh yeah, when sorry, the, when you're the white guy versus the gray guy, gravity is opposite. So, like, you flip basically it flips you over to a different side, and things objects that are sort of attuned to the white gravity are gravity is facing the opposite direction for them. So. It's too bad. I mean, it, like, from what you're describing, it seems like all of the sort of important aspects of Braid are, from a gameplay perspective are totally novel and done in a... Like, mechanically, it is not derivative, but aesthetically, it is so derivative that it's really off-putting. Yeah, I mean, I, I would... If, you know, if, if you didn't have a bunch of other stuff that you wanted to play, I would say oh, you should totally give this another half-hour, hour, because you'll get past the stuff that's sort of just kind of frustrating that I feel like it's just sort of introductory. Cause I kind of, I blew through the first like four or five levels really fast and then started getting to the more interesting things. But if, if you were getting frustrated by the speed at which yeah. the, you know, the, the controls work, I just found myself quitting after every level that I solved because work was more fun than mm. playing that game. Sure. Which is the thing that happens. I mean, but it's, yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin. I feel like I failed you. <laughs> well, what uh, what are we going to play next, then? Uh, I think we'll have Link's Awakening. We're finally going to do Link's yeah. Awakening. Cool. So uh, it's available on the 3DS eShop. Yeah, e I'm, I'm curious as to whether I should play it on the 3DS or whether I should play it on an emulator with save states. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know if the 3DS one is one of the ones that has save states built into it or if it's one mm. of the Ambassador games. I don't remember. It came out in 2011, so it might be an older mm. Ambassador one. Well, we will see. Okay. I hope. I've tried to play this game a bunch of times. I hope that having it as an assignment makes me take it seriously, like I did the bridge. 
<laughs> um, well, I uh, I feel like maybe we can just do a shortish show this time because I am running out of gas. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kevin, We've done like an hour and a half. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of us. They could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us vghotdog at gmail.com or they could check out our website videogameshotdog.com and there's a link to our forums from there. Yeah, where you can go talk about Spelunky. Exactly. With a bunch of Or Gone Home or... Nobody's talking about Gone Home in our forums. They're there. Are they? There's a thread. Is there a thread about Gone Home? Oh. You need to read our forums. I thought I did. I thought I read them like every hour or so. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I've had a good time. Going home with you and exploring a house. Yep, the yep. house. The house is us. Yep. That's the twist at the end, is that the house is you all along. Everything <laughs> at once. All right. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. High school was when gushers were like the new hotness. Yeah. Now gushers good. are old and busted. <laughs> I busted all. I'm sorry, Riff. I busted all your gushers. Why did you make it so that uh, people couldn't follow your advice on the challenge path? Oh, that, that I didn't add a fuck button. <laughs> fuck button. That's how. Wait, but buck button. Huh. Um. No. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>